welcome back to What the HR Podcast. I'm Jesse Novi, an HR business partner with CH Robinson. And I'm Mike Toole, HR technology consultant with SAP SuccessFactors. In today's episode, we're talking about authentic leadership. We're joined by Julie Teal. She's the vice president of talent management at the Schwann's Company. She'll give her bio in the beginning, but she has over 20 years in the HR field. She was also recently recognized with the 2020 Women in Business Award by the Minneapolis St. Paul Business Journal. As always, if you enjoy the podcast, take 30 seconds and leave us a review. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. Julie, thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Looking forward to our conversation today. Absolutely. So, you know, before we get into discuss authentic leadership and some of the, the things you guys are doing over at Schwann's, tell the listeners about your background and how you ended up where you are. Well, absolutely. So um, I am mother to a 13-year-old daughter that takes up a lot of my time outside of work. So I like to start with that. And she's a avid softball player. So if you don't find me uh, you know, doing podcasts or uh, advocating for swans, um, I'm typically on a softball field. That's where I can normally be found. My educational background, I went to University of Illinois and got both my undergraduate degree and my graduate degree there. Uh, I still have, um, you know, can't, well, I can't see on the off, uh, off screen here. On, I've got my orange and blue pom-poms still from my time at University of Illinois. So I'm a big fan there. Anything I get into, I get in pretty big, you'll find. And then my career, I um, have been in HR my entire career. Um, I've been an HR generalist probably for the majority of the time I've been in HR. Um, I've kind of alternated between generalist and specialist roles. So I've done a little bit of everything over the years. So I've done compensation, uh, different HR leadership roles. Um, and then I've been in learning and talent now for the last, uh, gosh, has it been eight years? Um, I've been in that as a specialty field. I absolutely love it. And in the last two years, I added recruiting onto that. So this whole field of talent management is really a trend in the HR world. And I've been really fortunate to be a leader in that space uh, in recent history and kind of found, found my place. Um, as far as companies, I have a variety of backgrounds, I, places I've worked. Um, worked in a lot of manufacturing organizations and technology companies. Um, I've worked locally here for um, places like Target, uh, Fargo Electronics, and RSM Gladry. And I've now been with Schwann's company for the last five years. So it's been a, a just a great place to learn and grow and uh, great experience at Schwann's. Thank you. And, and I love the background of kind of covering all the different aspects of HR. How does talent management line up with what you did in the past? Well, I think it calls upon everything I've done. I mean, I, I mean, is one of the recommendations I have for people early in their career in HR is to be sure that they have time as an HR generalist. I think that is incredibly important, no matter even if your ultimate aspiration is to be a specialist. I still think it's important to work with frontline leaders and understand what's on their mind. And, you know, success in talent management is about success and how we develop a pipeline of talent. So at the end of the day, what do people need to learn and grow in order to build their career and be successful um, and grow with the company? And I think having been on the front lines for a lot of my career, I'm able to 
maybe ask different questions or bring in different perspectives mm -hmm. into the talent management work and the learning work and recruiting. I mean, those, the whole, the whole, um, the whole, uh, world of that. And, um, just, I'm really enjoying putting all those pieces together into plans to help the company grow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we, we talked previously about this idea of authentic leadership and it being a passion of yours and how that translates to the culture that you guys have today to start define what, what you mean by authentic leadership, and then maybe talk to us a little bit about what you guys are doing with it specifically at Schwann's. Well, you know, there's, there's so many different philosophies out there around leadership development. And, you know, when I look back to when I was getting my degree and probably earlier in my career, I feel like a lot of the um, kind of methodologies that people talk about when it comes to uh, leadership are like, there's one right way. Like in this situation, a leader should do this, and then that's going to lead to the best results. And I think there's certainly a time and place for that. Uh, but what I love about authentic leadership is the research that's been done around authentic leadership shows that successful leaders, the, the commonality between incredibly successful leaders, no matter what industry they're in, uh, they looked at a variety of uh, levels. So uh, anything from CEOs to general managers, all different types of leaders, the commonality they found is that all these leaders were authentically themselves. They had, a, a, they understood their own personal values and drivers. So they were very reflective. They had deep insights about themselves. And then they brought these forward into how they led their team and how they built strategies for their teams to succeed. So there wasn't like a, because you know, there's people that are extroverts, there's people that are introverts. And what I love about authentic leadership is it's not about style. I think it's very easy in leadership to get caught up in style. Like there's one right way to lead. And authentic leadership says, set that aside, mm -hmm. get to know yourself. And once you know yourself, you can authentically step into your team and lead them to, to where you're trying to go. So, right. I, and that, that's really where the best results come from, not from fit this mold. <laughs> so, right. so, yeah. so that's when I think about it, that's what I go back to. Yeah. It's not necessarily looking at one leader and saying, you need to do exactly how they do it. It's understanding that all of them do things differently, but it's doing things based off their authentic self and what they maybe do best. When you talk about, I guess, getting to know yourself you know, what are some, is that a self-reflection routine? How do you, how do you guys go about starting that? And, and maybe before you answer Jess, I did want to, I know that you had a question, so I don't want to jump off topic yet. Yeah. I just, more of just an observation or, you know, what I've experienced when it comes to authentic leadership as well, is that when you show up as an authentic leader, it encourages mm -hmm. your employees to also show up authentically. If they see as though that you're not trying to pretend to be somebody that you aren't or the perfect example that, or the word that you used was fit a specific mold, then they don't feel like they have to either. And so when you're showing up authentically, you're usually also showing up with humility. And I think having humility as a leader too um, really helps to resonate with people on your team. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, I think people want sincere leaders and that authenticity shines through. 
Well, and, and one of the things that we've done, I'll talk a little bit about how we've trained it here in a second, but one of the, I think, most profound ways to think about leadership is to set aside the idea that leadership is a title. <laughs> I mean, just to set that aside. And one of my favorite reflection points to get a conversation started about authentic leadership is to say, think about who have been the leaders in your life. Like, who are the people that have set the example that demonstrate that personal that personal integrity, that have courage, that have you know, gone, gone above and beyond in your life. And it's, it's pretty easy when, who are those people? Like they, they just immediately come to mind. And it's not, the people that come to people's mind are not people with a title. Like almost universally, you know, like I look at, you know, the obstacles my dad overcame to, uh, you know, go, go to college. He was the first one to go to college in his family and the obstacles he had to overcome in order to do that. And what that ended up opening up for our family, as far as my sister and I, it was just a given we were going to college. I mean, it, what, for him, it was a real uh, a journey for him to get the support and to, to complete that. I mean, that's real leadership for <laughs> the day. And I've seen it. I grew up with it. So that, in my mind, is the best starting point because it's easy to think a leader is a title and it's just not. It's so right. personal. And once you see that, it's like, okay, well, any of us can be a leader. We can, we are being leaders today. So right. it's just an amazing starting point. It seems to like open up a whole different viewpoint and dialogue around, around what leadership really is. For you guys within your culture, then are you looking for those people that you, you notice that they have those qualities and, you know, what are those qualities that you guys are looking for? And how do you continue to enhance those, those qualities that people have? Yeah, just to give you a little bit of overview, um, the way that we have talked about authentic leadership at Schwann's is, is in three kind of concepts. So this idea of leading yourself, leading others, and then leading forward. And um, the idea of leading yourself are this, these ideas around self-reflection that we've talked about. Like in order to, you know, you've got to lead yourself first before you can lead anyone else. And it's, it's self-reflection, it's knowing your impact. So, so I've got to be aware enough about how I show up and know that what I do can impact other people and how am I managing that? That is a lot of the place that we start uh, when we start talking to people about authentic leadership. Once you have that, then you can start leading others, formally or informally. It just kind of, it's just the natural outcome once you lead yourself. So a couple pieces of that. So when, you know, one of the things I was um, part of very early on when I came to Schwann's is uh, helping put together the rollout plans for our authentic leadership culture and making that part of the culture. And the way that we started with that to talk about that is because if you think about it, a lot of us have been taught in the workplace to not, you know, don't show weakness, you know, <laughs> you know only, you know, promote your success and your strengths and, you know, kind of don't talk about failures <laughs> type of thing. And we, we really flipped that when we started to roll this out and we had our senior leaders talk about mistakes. We had our senior leaders talk about the times where they really got to know themselves 
And typically those are kind of painful experiences. It's not, I mean, we don't, when things are going well, there's not as many reasons to look internally, right? I mean, it's when things are hard that you learn things about yourself and who you are. By demonstrating that level of vulnerability, it opened up, again, just a whole different view of what leadership really is. It's being, there is strength and vulnerability and being vulnerable is kind of that starting point for people to start looking at themselves. So, so I'll pause there because there's, I know there's a lot of concepts in there that I threw in. So. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, I get two things. Uh, well, I, I loved the know your impact. You know, we, it's, that is, it's just a very foundational thing that people probably overlook. It kind of reminds me of like, start with the why, you know, Simon um, Sinek. And so it's, I like that that's kind of the first, the first step. When you talk about vulnerability in the workplace and how you guys started to approach that, was that hard at first? for people and how has it evolved since you first started making that part of your culture? Like it's okay. And then let's be vulnerable in these areas. Yeah. Here's what's fascinating is that, you know, I am a trained, you know, learning and development, you know, professional. So, so we typically, when we try and teach and I'm doing air quotes, teach concepts, Um, We start with learning objectives and very observable, like at the end of this, you know, experience, you'll be able to do this. And, uh, you know, what we did that was so different and highly uncomfortable for me um, was, but very effective, um, was we held uh, like learning sessions. We didn't really want to call them training, but learning experiences around authentic leadership where people essentially just, we were telling stories, we were introducing ideas and letting people process and talk in small table groups about what it meant for them. Like we had processing and discussion on who are real leaders in your life and what are some of the common threads between the leaders that you've run into in your life. We would have people tell stories about times they got to know themselves better and became clear on their own values. And then they, we'd talk about that at tables and if people process it, because it's one thing to hear from someone else. It's another thing to talk into, you know, with one other coworker and then to talk at a small table and then to talk as a large group about what you're learning. So we made it very personal for people. And it felt, it was, it was a very, it was a lot of talking and, um, but here's what came out of that. So, and that was over a period of time. So we would roll out one piece of authentic, we'd pick concepts around authentic leadership, like I've discussed. We would have sessions and kind of work our way around the organization on those topics. And we'd pick up another concept and uh, start talking about that, about building trust and, you know, leading others. And we'd get into concepts on that. And it, it didn't have like a hard objective. Here's the behaviors we want to see. But here's what actually happened, though. So by giving people time to reflect and encouraging people to start to reflect, the conversations changed. So like I myself even would find myself, you know, we all have times in a, uh, you know, you're working with another um, colleague, you have a difference of opinion. <laughs> Sometimes 
I'm good at listening to those other opinions. Sometimes I'm not. So, um, so after conversations like that, I found myself being, you know, on the way home being like, okay, I'm reflecting. I didn't like how that conversation went. And then circling back with that colleague the next day and saying, I reflected on our last conversation. That's not the type of relationship I want to have with you. I regret not listening clearly to you this last time. And I, can we have that conversation again? And I did that. Others did that. I was on the receiving end of that. <laughs> people saying it's, people started to have resolve conflict with the words, you know, I reflected on what just happened. And that thread of new behavior really showed me that we were having the impact. That's the hard change to the soft conversation. Right. Um, fascinating how that worked. Um, I bet. Yeah. I, I imagine it takes a while to get that boulder moving, but once it does, you know, I, I know that'd be hard for me to, uh, cause I'm, you know, we all have our opinions and ideas and we're always right in our head. And so to actively listen and, and, you know, reflect on it afterwards is, is important. Is that, um, is that something that you guys have continuously done? So, so when you, you had those conversations, are you doing those quarterly, weekly? How often are you guys getting together to have these types of engagements? Well, it has changed over time. So, um, so we were built, we've been working on our authentic leadership culture and not only we're training in these areas, but interviewing these areas too. So when I look at how we even bring people into the organization, some of my favorite questions are around, talk to me about a time uh, that uh, you got to understand your own personal values and what's important to you. Now you have to say, obviously, you don't want people to share it personally. It can be personal or professional moments that you've um, really gotten to know yourself and want to make sure they're comfortable with whatever that is. In my case, I end up talking in many cases, uh, I'll share a little bit of my story, which is, um, you know, for me, my values became clearer um, through going through a, a divorce. So that is a hard process to go through personally, but I came out of it with a much different view and understanding of my own priorities, which hard experience, but uh, a good lesson on the back end. Right. But so all of those things have been in process and um, over several years, people then either like that way of operating within the organization or they don't. So I think there was also some natural selection in the company to say, gosh, not everybody's comfortable with um, authentic leadership. They really want a right way to lead. <laughs> and, and so we did even have some, uh, you know, over the years, I think the people that are at Schwann's are all those that really believe in the concept of authentic leadership. So there's been this evolution over time uh, in alignment. Where that really came into play, though, was we have been acquired by a, um, a Korean food company, CJ Shieldman, and that acquisition closed in 2019. And we have been in the process of taking our authentic leadership culture and matching that up with the CJ management philosophy, which is their, their statement about culture. And interestingly enough, in their leadership model, there are factors like being a role model, 
which is this idea of knowing yourself, knowing the example that you're setting, being mindful of that and how your behaviors affect others. So what's um, I think really encouraging is that these concepts are global and universal. And part of the, our partnership with this new owner has been this alignment in uh, many of the concepts that we are, we're building over the years. So I think all really interesting and good news. Mm -hmm. What are the other types of leadership? If we're, so we're talking authentic leadership as somewhat of a strategy Mm -hmm. or what have you seen in other companies? I, I feel like in a lot of companies, what happens is, is that there will be a kind of a profile built of the qualities a leader should have. And in many cases, I have found it's hard then if you look at that list of qualities and you don't quite fit. <laughs> and there certainly are part of being authentic, like I'll share about myself. So so part of being authentic for me is that I, you know, I'm deeply invested in relationships and almost to the point that it becomes difficult in some cases for me to share a contrary opinion. So that's something that I have to really work at. It's like I, I am trying to find a way to voice opinions um, in a way that's authentic to me, that maintains relationships, but yet takes a firm stand or, you know, is a way of saying no or <laughs> sorts of things. But there's my, my own style to doing that. Um, I think there are organizations in many cases that will say, you have to come across harder in order to be effective. That would, that would view my style as not being the effective leadership style in order to get things done. Mm-hmm. I have found I'm able to get things done. Uh, it, my, my style has not stood in the way of me being effective or delivering results. So that's the type of thing where I think mm-hmm. companies have to be careful about style. Is it style or is it, do you care about how the results happen? So mm-hmm. it's kind of the what and the how <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. No, that, that is, that's very helpful. And, you know, I want to go back a little bit on the kind of the three steps, which is kind of your, what was it? Yourself, lead yourself, lead others and then, and then lead forward. Yes. So, you know, breaking that down, the, the know yourself is to know your impact. I mentioned that before. Is that impact directly related to the company's impact and what they're doing? Or can that be different? And can you explain I, a little bit more about well, how you define the impact for individuals? Yeah, I think it's knowing your impact on others. That's that that is really kind of the core piece of it that we've really um, uh, emphasized as part of leading yourself. So it's that self reflection, and then understanding that if one of the best examples I have. Now I know we're not in offices today; we're working from home. But if I am having a bad day and I'm preoccupied my team can misinterpret that to think there's something wrong in the company because they can pick up on the fact that I am concerned or worried or things like that. So I just have to be conscious of the fact that how I'm feeling and how I show up, my facial expressions, my tone, how I engage with people, 
it makes a difference. Like it, it, there's a shadow to a leader and there's a shadow to all of us on how our behavior impacts others. And so I've had now authenticity would say we all have bad days, right? <laughs> so it's okay to have a bad day. It doesn't mean I have to show up happy all the time because I'm not. But here's what I do is I'll say to people, you know, there's you know, I have this worry, this is going on in, in my life, I've got this worry, please don't, and you know, so know that I'm probably not my typical, I've lower energy today, or I'm not going to be as smiley as I normally am, or <laughs> sorts of things. I just call it out now, so that there's no misinterpretation about my, um, like my personal, you know, how I'm acting day to day. So I try to just be direct about it, so that I can still be authentically me, but not have unintended impact. Kind of along that same lines and then reflecting a little bit back on just the point that you had made about kind of how you show up and maybe individuals' interpretations of what successful leadership looks like and how you need to communicate. I'm curious if as part of the uh, learning and development that you guys did, was there any form of a 360 or self-reflection or feedback from peers or others that helped shine some light on like, gosh, I have always felt like I show up this way, but people are actually perceiving me this way. You know, we provided, we, we have a 360 that we did offer for the people could decide to use. Um, however, I, I, I push back on that a little bit from the sense of if you're paying attention, you can tell if people are comfortable with what you're doing or uncomfortable with what you're doing. So I subscribe to some extent to say surveys are great, but it can be easy to kind of stop paying attention and rely on the survey rather than, you know, looking yourself in the mirror and kind of watching how people react to you. I mean, that is part of the, you know, part of the disciplines that I've gotten into that we do encourage our leaders to do is this idea of, you know, you can, if you're paying attention, you can tell, like, you know, part of the challenge that we put out that even my boss gave to me throughout this process was, who's your worst relationship? Who's your worst relationship on the team? And when I say that, Everyone can think of someone, okay? We all have that worst relationship. And then the challenge is, what are you gonna do about it? What are you gonna do about it? So how do you own your part of that relationship and take steps to improve it? And that's a really good place to start. And I can tell you, I have gotten so much information from just pausing after the day and saying, how did it go? Because there are times when people react to me differently than I think they should. Like I, you know, you talk to someone, you're trying to resolve a problem, <laughs> you you expect them to have a certain response. If it's different than what you thought, there's a clue <laughs> that there might be something in what you're either doing that's unintentional or in your relationship history that needs to be addressed. So, I mean, it's like a, a lot, again, I don't want to downplay, there's great tools out there, but I think if you're paying attention, 
you know, <laughs> yeah. you, you, you'll know. <laughs> so, well, I think what I'm hearing you say is that you guys did have those discussions and those conversations were had. They were just had through a probing question such as who is somebody on your team that you don't get along with and, and why is that or why are you not meeting eye to eye? So the conversations occurred to do some self-reflection. It just wasn't through an assessment specifically. Exactly, exactly. I also just wanted to comment, I know I'm going back a little bit here, um, but I didn't want to interrupt Mike. You know, we had done something very similar at C.H. Robinson with um, storytelling about your leadership experience, and we got them into small groups, and we had we gave them, you know, an oversized piece of paper and had them write their leadership journey, and we gave them stickers and, like, ways to be creative and fun with it if they were interested, and um you know, looking back on it, we probably didn't give enough time for that exercise because there was so much good, hearty conversation, tears, you know, that were coming out of these conversations. And, you know, people used things that were very professional, like, you know, I was promoted during this time and I was promoted into a role that put me outside of my comfort zone. And this is how I learned from it. But then there were very personal things like I lost a child or I went through a divorce or I lost my house, um, you know, things like that, that impacted me a certain way that has now made me show up more empathetic to a, a colleague who's going through a divorce or lost a child or et cetera, et cetera. So I really like that you guys had a very similar experience. And I think it just goes to show that when we move away from what we are more um, used to or experienced with from a learning and development perspective, like a very specific curriculum with very specific objectives, and we just sit down and get people together to talk about things that are really important and help people kind of peel away those layers of the onion, it's really amazing what kinds of conversations and learnings come out of them. I mean, I think it's about getting people's hearts and minds on board. And because we're whole people, we are whole people. And, you know, I've, I've worked places in the past where I didn't feel like I could share that I was having, you know, a hard time in a certain area or had a loved one with a health concern or, do you mean like there's, that's hard. That is really hard to keep things separate. And I just think there's, if people's energy can go into coming together and supporting each other and just getting through the hard times together, <laughs> rather than trying to be tough when it's, why be tough um, and just power through, I think we just get to better results. People enjoy being parts of teams where they can kind of let down their guard a little bit and just be yeah. themselves. So, and that's the feedback we get. People, the connections that are made by taking those risks to be more open are significant. I mean, it's like the depth of relationship and the way you can rely on each other to get work done is fundamentally different in that type yeah. of situation. Yeah, there's also this piece of kind of storytelling. You know, when I think of some of my most uh, inspirational leaders. I think 
you know, they've had a good story. They've been able to resonate by saying, you know, hey, Jess, I made this mistake too once in my career. Let me tell you about it. And so it's like this storytelling combined with this authenticity of like, okay, they've made mistakes too. And and this is how they've learned from them. And this is how they've turned it around and applied it to be a better leader or a better partner or, you know, fill in the blank. Exactly. And it's a relief to know you don't have to be perfect in order to advance. I mean, that is, I mean, because it's so easy to look at someone that's ahead of you and just think they have it all together. (laughs) Do I mean, they've never made a mistake. I mean, I have made, I mean, I have made a million dollar error on account plan. I've done it. (laughs) I have. And I, and I will, and I share that with people and I'm like, when I interview them to say, you know, okay, what's your biggest mistake? And tell me a real one. I'll tell you my real one. I made a million dollar mistake. And, <laughs> and they go, oh, <laughs> and then it makes it okay for them to tell me a real mistake. Cause I want to know a real mistake. I know, I want to know yeah. that you've handled difficulty and come through it. I mean, yeah. that's what I want to hear. So and that's what brings us together. So I, it's not my successes that connect me to people. It is my struggles. It really is my struggles yeah. every time. Yeah. Got to get away from the old, uh, what's the biggest mistake or what's your weakness? And I care too much. Yeah. I work too hard yes. sometimes. <laughs> Don't tell so, me those. Don't tell well, me how you care too much. <laughs> Yeah, 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 give me I, a yeah, yeah. mistake that you really screwed up because <laughs> we've all done yeah. them. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love that. And, and I liked when you said that when you show up to a meeting or, you know, if something's going on and something's holding you back from showing up the way you normally do to just hit that head on. And I'm curious when you do that, when you show up and say, hey, you know, I'm not feeling great today or this, ha- you know, something happened. Does that allow you to get that off of your shoulders a little bit? And do you feel like that actually kind of elevates you then in the conversation to be better than you probably would have had you not said something? I mean, I, I, it does for me personally, and it seems to make it okay yeah. for everyone else around me too. To Again, if the leader is having a bad day and is willing to say that, it's okay if you have a bad day too. I mean, it's like it, it just is an equalizer for everyone in the room to make it okay. Yeah, well, it's... It's that transparency of communication. I know that if you answer me in a different tone than you normally would, well, now I know probably why. And I won't look into it as much. And I, I can feel okay about that and have empathy for you. I love that example. And, and I love that, you know, you just, you hit that head on. Is um, is that something that you guys are training to? I'm just, I'm, I'm so curious in this stuff is like, can these things be learned? And if so, how do you teach it? And are there people that don't have any interest in leadership whatsoever. And, and what do you do with them? You know, I, I think what we have done, and again, we've, we've had to pivot a bit, obviously, during uh, COVID and, and people working from home and those sorts of things. I would say the way we've continued to evolve. So we started off with these, more, these kind of open discussions, what I call heart and mind types of uh, learning experiences, where you talk about authentic leadership and learn about authentic leadership. We've done a very similar tact with how we've brought in the CJ management philosophy, where we've opened up dialogue. So we've talked about, you know, what's the same and what's different between our culture and a new owner's culture. We've had, 
you know, table discussions um, about um, the changes, what people are excited about, what questions they have. We've had our new CJ, several CJ expats tell their stories to our group to kind of help us go from us and them to a we. So those have all been really powerful. And then we've had to find ways to keep that momentum going during our majority of our office employees are, are all working from home. And then on top of that, we have manufacturing facilities and direct store delivery employees that, are, that have been working um, out in the field this whole time. So um, one of the things we did early on is we said, you know, wouldn't it be uh, great if we, we always talk about stories will be told about how our um, company handles um, any given situation. You know, there's always stories to tell. You know, what are the stories that you're going to go home and tell your friends and family about what your company is doing? Because we all do that, right? And there's always the story. And our CEO, uh, really, um, Demetrius Smirnios talks about that all the time. Stories will be told. So what stories are being told about you, right? <laughs> so so uh, that's a good reflection point. So we pretty early on in COVID said, we want the stories to be told about how we handled the COVID-19 to be, you know, to be intentional about that. We want there to be really positive stories coming out of this. And in fact, we said, wouldn't it be great if our leadership was legendary during this time? Like that was like kind of thrown out there and we're like, let's hold on to that. So we have been uh, doing something called the Legendary Leadership Series. Um, it's much more difficult, as you know now, to bring people together in any formal way. I mean, other than online. And as you know, online, it can be really difficult because you don't people talk over each other and it's hard to participate. But we have been doing putting information out on a regular basis to our leaders um, on different topics, things like um, it, some of some of its basics, like how do you lead virtually? How do you still build relationships when you're um, everyone's virtual? Things like that, reminders and tips and tricks and things like that, all with the idea, many of the ideas of authentic leadership underneath it all. Focus is a superpower, you know, like how do you stay focused, you know, with so many things going on in your personal and professional life. So we've tried to bring topics of relevance forward on a regular basis to help reinforce and help people to really own what they're doing and to stay connected. Yeah, it's interesting to hear uh, Jess jump in and talk about the stories and you guys do stories and it is true. You know, I mean, I'm in the sales world and they talk about stories and how big of an impact they have and, you know, stories, testimonies, like the same thing. It brings people to that level and I, I can relate if, if I hear those things. So it's a really a great usage of stories, it sounds like, within your organization. Um, and I love that your CEO said, you know, what, what's your story? What, what are people saying about you? It scares me to think about sometimes. But the other thing that I hear you guys do is you're just super intentional about leadership. And I don't know if that's the case with every other organization. Leadership is just something that they have and it's what they do. But you guys are, are very intentional about it and that shows you know, We had talked um, earlier in the podcast just about how leadership isn't about a title. And so I was curious if part of the work that you guys were doing, if that was available to all Schwann's employees or if, if the curriculum, the tools, resources were really predominantly focused on people leaders. 
our philosophy, because our because our core philosophy is leadership is not a title. Everything we have done, we have rolled out to the full company. Now it has maybe been in a little different form. Like it is, it is much more difficult in a manufacturing environment with multiple shifts to do live training in the same way. However, we have found uh, found ways to pull people together and to still have on a a more efficient or kind of more streamlined basis to get the same type of messages and communication out there. So I'm, I'm very proud of the fact that we, um, we do make sure that we touch everyone. And the same thing is true with our CJ management philosophy. We're in the process right now of rolling out to every employee by the end of the year, despite COVID. And we found ways to do webinars and we're doing online. We figured out a way to do online breakout groups to have facilitated discussion, even in this, you know, COVID-19 work from home environment and getting people talking and everybody's ready to talk. That's the, that's, what's incredible too, is that, um, you know, you, you, I was, wasn't sure, you know, how are people going to necessarily engage when there's um, so many stressors on people's minds, especially right now, back to school at the same time, you know, yeah. so many things going on, mm-hmm. but really pleased how you get, you put people in a forum to start talking about the future and talking about leadership and talking about uh, what they're excited about within the organization. And they'll talk. I mean, it's like the engagement's there. And in many ways, it's been a really meaningful way to show our commitment to say, even in challenging times, we're still going to bring you together to talk about culture. Mm-hmm. We're still going to bring you together. We still want this to be top of mind in how we engage going forward. And in fact, one of our uh, one of the messages that will be coming out soon is around this idea about staying intentional about relationships. It's so easy when you're working from home to have the people that you talk to be driven by your calendar, not by who you might normally run into. So that's one of our more recent messages that we're bringing out that I think is incredibly important for anyone that's listening to this to say, sit down, think of the people that you would normally run into and that, you know, you miss talking to, first of all, and that you believe are important to maintain a relationship with. And a 15-minute call can go a long way. It does not have to be a big commitment in order to be effective. And we are all, since this is extending, this time of working from home, we're going to have to be really thoughtful about how we maintain relationships. Otherwise, all our worlds are going to get so small. And it's going to be so much more difficult to get effective, effective work done on a broader basis. So I just, I just, that's one of my plugs right now that I'm really passionate about is that intentionality around building relationships. Yeah. It's kind of that saying, you know, don't let your calendar run you run your calendar. And if people aren't thoughtful about being proactive and putting time on somebody's calendar, even to your point, if it's just like a 15 minute check-in, like, how are your kids? How's school going? You know, how are you holding up? If you don't make the effort to do that, people will put time on your calendars for meetings. And then to your point, you're spending your time with your meeting people (laughs) Um, and not, you know, not catching up with other people that you would have likely bumped into the, you know, bumped into in the hall on your way to heat up your lunch or to use the restroom or transferring from conference room to conference room. So I like that. And then I also wanted to just make a point, you know, we had chatted 
just very brief before we started recording about how you had mentioned that authentic leadership is really more than just that. It's really about Schwanz's culture. And I think the fact that you are providing these tools and these resources and these conversations to everyone within the organization, even if they aren't an actual leader of people, uh, really says a lot to what Schwanz is doing and how important that is to your culture. So thank you for sharing that. And mm-hmm. um, all the information today has been really insightful. So I really appreciate that. And, and I just have a couple other things I just throw in there too. I mean, we've talked a lot about what I call soft results. Okay. <laughs> like behavior results, um, which is certainly really important, but the, I also want to mention that over the time that we have put our, an emphasis in culture in place. And when I say emphasis in culture, like our senior leadership team meets twice a year for two days, each time we meet one day is on the business the next day is on culture. So it's 50-50. It's like, let's make sure we're driving the business and then let's make sure we've got the right culture in place. And typically those are discussions on authentic leadership and now it's expanding into um, CJ management philosophy. So there's a very specific dedication of time, even at the highest levels on these topics. And there have been very very hard results. So we have seen significant decrease in turnover and quick quits. People like being at Schwann's, you know, and that's going to have a reduction on how many people leave. It's a natural outcome. We have had an increase in our uh, profitability. We have an increase in revenue. We've had a decrease in safety incidents. Again, you show people you care and Safety is one of those ways that it reflects the relationships that are being built and the care and concern. So, so I just want to make sure, I mean, I I think, you know, I get excited, you know, about Mm -hmm. the behavioral side because that's kind of my psychology background and what I enjoy. The, um, the, there, there really are hard business results behind investing in culture. So, um, and it's been amazing to kind of sit back and see those happen over time. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad you mentioned it. It was something I thought of halfway through and kind of, and then forgot because it is super important though, uh, to understand that because it, it keeps pointing to this idea that taking care of the people first within your organization leads to a better business. You know, mm-hmm. we're seeing more and more of that come out on, you know, the experiences that your employees have, the experience your customers have, like focus on that and not the dollars and cents. And it, it's going to be a more profitable business. So I love that you shared that. Julie, how can people get in touch with you, um, whether you know professionally or just discuss the things that you guys are doing over at Schwann's? Absolutely. Um, I am very active on LinkedIn. So if you look for Julie Teal, and it's T-H-I-E-L, um, if you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram, um, but I probably the best way to uh, find me is on LinkedIn. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Julie. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you, Julie. Thank you. Enjoy the conversation. Thank you for listening to this episode of What the HR. If you want to hear more episodes like this, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever platform you're listening through now. If you enjoyed the podcast, do us a favor and share with your network, your boss, or your CEO. Help us get this podcast in front of anyone who wants to know what HR looks like when done well.
Also, if you have any questions for show topics or people you'd like us to interview, please email Mike and I at podcast at tcsherm.org. That's podcast at tcsherm.org. If you want to find out more about Twin City Sherm or our upcoming events, please visit our website at tcsherm.org. You can also follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And finally, if you're not already a member of Twin City Sherm, please use code WHATTHR at checkout to receive $20 off your membership. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode. (laughs) 